back here at J. Tom Lawler rink. Our score after overtime number one remains Boston College, nothing. Merriman, nothing. Mike Macknick with John Leahy joining us here. And the intermission for our first overtime is Mark Bellotta from NewCoolServe.net. And uh, Mark, at what point do you think we should remind uh, all of the 2,000 and however many folks are in the stands? There doesn't seem like any left yet, but at what point should we remind them they're going to lose an hour tomorrow when we turn the clocks ahead. <laughs> well, I think they're going to discover it on their own very quickly as uh, I think their heads will be hitting the pillows a little bit later tonight after this game. Uh, it's been uh, an unbelievable game. Uh, it's certainly one of those that uh, the fans from both teams, I think, are going to remember. The, the players from both teams, the first double overtime game I know for Merrimack since that 2015 win over Northeastern. Um, I'm not even sure if they played another double overtime game besides that, at least since they've been in uh, in Hockey East in 1989. BC, I you know, has played a number of over the years. I have to look up to see when the last time it was, but it doesn't happen too often. Uh, double overtime game. <laughs> this is, you know, from, from the beginning of this game. Both teams have played it tight. Defensively, they played it tight. Both goaltenders have played well. I also think that both goaltenders have gained even more confidence as the game has gone along and looked very confident here in the overtime period. No question. And you can also tell um, that um, fatigue is starting to become a factor as well, as it does with most overtime games. Um, initially, you know, the, the con- conventional wisdom is that, you know, Boston College, having played on Wednesday and now they're playing again and having just finished an overtime period, you would think there isn't much left in the tank. But one could argue that uh, BC really owned that period in terms of chances, and that's reflected in the shots on goal as well with the number of quality chances they had. Yeah, certainly looked that way. I thought Hugo Olas from Merrimack made uh, his best saves of the night in that overtime period. But you're right, BC didn't look like the team that had played the other night and that would be tired. On the other hand, you know, we're talking about, they didn't play last night. They played three nights ago. And you're talking about, you know, 18, 19 to 23, 24-year-old kids. They're not going to get tired that fast. <laughs> no, I think that's probably true. I, I definitely didn't get that tired when I was that young, but I, I don't think that there is, you know, a lot of a lot of case for, you know, when you look at this game and the way that it's gone in overtime, really it's it's ultimately a game of mistakes. So whoever's able to limit theirs is the one who's going to have success tonight. And ultimately, this game has been very clean in the house where both Merrimack and BC, and the ironic thing about that being that BC wasn't up known for its defense early in the season, but as they've gone on, they've gotten better and better at it. And you can really start to see that they're cleaning things up and there aren't a lot of second chances. They're tying up sticks. Merrimack doing a lot of the same thing. They're using their physicality down low. They're winning along the walls. So it's just been a battle below the uh, below the dots. Yeah, I was going to say, not too surprising, I guess, that here we are four periods into the game that Merrimack's been able to shut out BC. Maybe because of the fact that I expected that top line for BC, the, the Gautier line, which is so good to be able to get on the board at least once in this one. But that Merrimack was going to have to try to limit that as well as the chances and the goals scored by the other line. So, you know, the fact that maybe that they hold them to nothing, uh, you know, especially given the fact that I think they've only allowed eight goals over their last five games when they have won five in a row, including uh, two wins each over BC and Lowell. Uh, But on the other hand, 
Merrimack scored 19 goals in those five games. They're averaging uh, about four goals a game there uh, over that stretch. And now they've been held off the board uh, in four periods. I think you have to give BC an awful lot of credit, especially for what they have been able to do uh, against Merrimack's top line, which, you know, for all the attention that the Gauthier line absolutely deserves, no question about it. Alex Jeffries is uh, almost a top ten scorer in the country, and that line with Levin and Capone has been one of the most dangerous lines in the league. You know, one thing that's interesting is, you know, you really get to see a lot of the conditioning of these players with these overtime games. The one thing that stood out to me in that first overtime was the one player who was really flying was Alex Jeffries. He still had a lot left in the tank. And, you know, the, the thing that he was doing consistently is you saw him try to go through traffic multiple times where if he could just poke the puck through to try to get through and create a scoring chance, he would. Ultimately, he didn't really have a lot of success there because BC was very good at stopping him around the blue line or getting sticks in his way or, you know, banging bodies against just to try to stop him. And there, there's a lot of that stuff going on where the you know the neutral zone has been a battle all night, below the dots has been a battle all night, and you know now it's really just a matter of will. This is going to be a battle all the way to the end. A couple of really interesting points of, you know, of what you made there. Um, one of which is you talked about Jeffries, and before the game when, when John Leahy and I spoke with Merrimack coach Scott Bork, and we brought up Jeffries because, of course, he had just been named to the All-Hockey's first team. And uh, and he said he's a guy who doesn't often seem to get fatigued. You know, and we talked about the fact that they many times used him on both ends of a power play. He stayed out there for the whole two minutes. He's gone out there with his unit, and then the other unit has come out. They've switched up, but he stayed out there. He's been the guy who's been in that spot. We talked about it a number of times, like Stefan DeCosta did when he was here, uh, that spot on the wing uh, right at the edge of the circle there. But, uh, you know, so he's seen a lot of time like that. And then, as you mentioned, you know, uh, he seemed to have a jump in his step there uh, in that overtime. Um, at the same time, is there a risk, perhaps? I think we've seen... In some cases, he's done it. In other cases, we've seen it from other guys, not on, not only on Merrimack, but also BC, I think. You're in a tie game. You're in overtime. You know the next goal wins. You know that it gets you to the guard. It's just human nature to want to make the play, to do, make the difference, right? Are some guys, in some cases, maybe trying to do a little bit too much? You know, I, I don't know that they're necessarily try, trying to do too much. A lot of the plays have been very smart plays, and they've been high-percentage scoring plays and the ones that we've seen at both ends offensively and the thing that's really important too is that neither team is really getting themselves too deep into their own zone so what's happening is there are always guys there are always layers back both for BC and for Merrimack they've been able to cover at the points they've been able to cover moving back into the neutral zone as the attack is going the other way so you know honestly the coverage has been really strong defensively and that's why we are where we are and the other thing to kind of note about this game too is if you look at um, what BC is doing where early in the game especially I, I don't know if they're doing it as much now but they were double-shifting the Gautier line multiple times where they would just fire them over the boards over and over again. You have to wonder if that ends up taking a toll deeper into this game the deeper you get. Well, it feels to me like they like BC has also spread it out a little bit more. I'm not sure that they've been relying so much on those guys because, for instance, I'm looking. I mean, Kuntar's line, I think, has played well. They've done a good job. they generated chances. And I think even, you know, the, the Burke line, Christian O'Neill's played very, very well tonight and done a great job of creating space, finding space, and being able to get punched to the net and so on. So I think that, you know, they've got to feel at least comfortable. I mean, they're not at a point now, I think, where they could just roll two lines, for instance. They're going to have, you know, maybe, maybe three. We'll see. You know, I, I mean, not, you know, maybe you take that, that fourth line and you give every other shift or something like that. But, uh, I mean, look at what they were able to do in that first overtime. They outshot Merrimack. We have the numbers here. I don't know. I mean, something like, yeah, something like, uh, whoops, we lose a water bottle, but that's okay. 
Uh, yeah, shots in 13 to 6 BC in that old time, so they outshot Merrimack by a 2 to 1 margin. Yes. And they nearly, very nearly won the game several times. Yes, they did. They had a lot of really good chances. And credit to Hugo Olas and also credit um, to the BC goaltender. Um, Benson. Yeah, so the, the two of them have been fantastic here. And again, defensive sticks have been really, really helpful in this game on both sides. And, you know, the other thing too is there have been some really impressive zone exits as well, especially on the BC end. Liam Isaac in particular has been really, really good on zone exits where he's curling to create more space for himself coming out of the defensive zone and firing up, firing it up ice and finding those guys up there. Now, is he making a lot of the plays that are creating goals? Not at the moment, but those zone exits are equally as important in a game like this. Mark, thanks as always. We appreciate your time, uh, your insights as well. Uh, it's been uh, certainly a night to remember, no question about it. And uh, stay tuned if we go several more overtimes. We may talk to you again here tonight. All right, looking forward to it. Thank you. Mark Bellotta, our guest here from NeutralZone.net with the score BC nothing Merrimack nothing second over oh yeah, sorry second overtime coming up here at J Tom Lawler rink right after this this is warrior hockey